y'all. Welcome to the Sweet Tea and Jesus Podcast, hosted by Tara McAdam and Kelsey Hamrick. We are two sisters who desire to grow in love for Jesus. You are not alone, and we want to come alongside you with challenges, laughter, questions, prayers, and eternal hope of the gospel. Whether you're on your way to work, folding the 10th load of laundry, or drinking a glass of sweet tea, we pray you are strengthened and filled with joy from these biblical truths today. Hey guys, we are so excited about today's episode. This topic is so important to both of us. The title is, What is a Disciple of Jesus? So Tara, what does Webster's Dictionary tell us about what is a disciple? I'm so glad you asked. According to Webster's Dictionary, disciple means one who accepts and assists in spreading the doctrines of another. I know you memorized that, didn't you? Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) So the word disciple can be intimidating if you don't really have an understanding of what it means. I know it was for me. You don't have to sell your house and move to a foreign country spreading the good news to be a disciple of Jesus. You can disciple your kids, your friends, your spouse, all without quitting your job and moving to Timbuktu. And I know for me, I used to think of it as, oh, if you're discipling people, it's like a missionary. You got to move off and sell everything you own. And that that's not what the word disciple and what discipleship really means. So we've heard from the world what a disciple is, but what does the Bible say a disciple is? The last commandment Jesus gave is... Matthew 28, 19, and 20. This is a popular verse. It's on Hobby Lobby signs and stuff, but it's (laughs) truly his last commandment. And he said, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you. And behold, I'm with you always to the end of the age. Truly, I mean, a disciple of Jesus is someone who lives out the Great Commission daily in their lives, knowing that God is good and that all things are done for his glory and his glory alone. The very first verse, he says, go and go is an action. You know, the life of a disciple is to be active for the Lord and not passive. We're not just supposed to go to church, hear all these awesome convicting messages and be a sponge that just sits there and doesn't squeeze out, you know, what God has taught us. We're called to be active, not passive. Next, he says, make disciples. Well, how do you do that? He states to teach them all that I've commanded you. We first have to know what he commanded us in the Bible. For instance, the greatest commandment, love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. That's one of many commands that we are to know and then to teach. The life of a disciple is definitely not promised to be glamorous. It's not promised to be easy. I mean, Jesus didn't have an easy, glamorous life. Right. Neither did the disciples. Like, that's not something to think that, oh, I'm a disciple of Jesus, and now my life is all cupcakes and rainbows. He definitely blesses us for sure. I think there's certain expectations people have of once you do believe in Jesus. And we're not promised anything other than knowing our reward is Jesus. Yeah, this is enough and he is more than we ever deserve. And our life is truly to be a devoted, faithful 
steadfast servant. I listened to another podcast called Elizabeth Elliot, and it's all of her old teachings and just her lectures and things like that. And she has an episode called What is a Disciple? And truly, she says everything I would ever wish to say about a true disciple of Jesus way better than I ever could. And she says in her episode, Jesus said, you must give up your right to yourself, then take up the cross and follow. I see the giving up the right to oneself as a no and the taking up the cross to follow as a yes. The following is just simple, humble, daily, faithful obedience. Obedience is the only valid test of the reality of our faith. The whole episode is wonderful. So I'm going to put that in the show notes. Please go listen to it. It's, I just highly recommend it. But again, like Jesus said in John 14, 15, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I feel like I've heard so many comments from Christians who talk about discipleship groups that say, well, aren't we all called to be disciples? Basically in reference to as long as you believe, you don't have to study or do anything different to be a disciple. My answer to that is loaded because yes, we are all called to spread the good news of Jesus. But the process of discipleship is about learning to study scripture, being in constant prayer, having another believer pouring into your life, holding you accountable. It's about loving God and through obedience, doing all of those things. The Christian life is not meant to be lived idly. It is an active choice each day to lay down our own desires because we desire God more. And I feel like the Bible gives us such a great example of that with Jesus's life, because his life was all about discipleship, teaching others about God's word and living life with them. Absolutely. And I think a big question, you know, what does it look like to be an active, not idle, an active disciple of Jesus Christ? Yes. Um, I know for me, I'm 33 years old. And I was not approached to be discipled for the first time until I was 28. And so, um, yeah, I mean, just to even think about all the years that I went believing in Jesus, but I didn't have anybody disciple me. And Well, yeah, I mean, until you discipled me, like, I didn't even know what that meant. I was like, what does that, what does that even mean? You know, I never even heard of that. Right. And I think this is just an element that thankfully is being reborn within the church today. Yeah. And I think that it is an element that is multi-generational. It's not just for people who are the same age, which is fine. But I think it's so cool to see the church kind of having multi-generational discipleship groups that meet a regular basis to do all the things you just talked about, studying scripture, praying for one another, holding each other accountable, and just living life on life. But again, like going back to, you know, what does that look like for me today in 2023? Well, first of all, Romans 10, 17 says, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And the only way that we have faith and we grow in our faith is through knowing God's word and through sanctification. Now, sanctification is a big word. Um, That's one you'll probably hear on Sundays at church. And that's one you may read in a book or, you know, it's just a, it's a bigger word. And I know for a long time, for many years, it was just one of those words I thought only pastors used. I didn't really know what it meant. Yeah. You're like, that's a big one. Okay. 
Yeah, sure. I sounds, have no. That sounds holy. Right. I, I have no. I have Amen. No, right. Uh, and I have no seminary background. And so, yeah, I just remember hearing that word, but not fully understanding it. And finally, you know, after again being discipled, understanding that sanctification is the process of becoming more like Jesus. And we start sanctification when we become a believer of him and it never stops. We continue every day to be conformed into his likeness, you know, until we're reunited with him. So it it never ends. You never just hit your mark of like, all right, I know the whole Bible now. So I'm done with that. And I've (laughs) prayed. I prayed for 365 days straight and I'm done with that. And it's like, no, like it never stops. The learning and the growing never stops. And, you know, we must spend time every day saturating our hearts and our minds in the Bible. We must be disciplined to set aside carved time in our very, very busy schedules (laughs) to be available to listen and to learn from God. I heard an older, really wiser lady in church one time say, every morning when I read God's word, I am allowing the gospel to recalibrate my heart towards God. And that really stuck with me. You know, knowing God's word allows you to know truth versus non-truth. Oh, yeah, that's good. I like that. Recalibrate my heart. Ooh, because I know I need that every morning. (laughs) Yeah, you think of like a piano or you think of like a guitar. (laughs) If it gets out of tune, you got to recalibrate it so that it it makes a harmonious sound. And like our heart by the end of the day needs a recalibration every morning. Yeah. And I will say too, I feel like we have talked about it a couple of times about, you know, reading your Bible every day. And I know that that sounds so intimidating and there's so many seasons that it can be way more difficult, but truly even giving a small amount of your time to doing it from experience it truly is life transforming and life changing. And the times that I have missed reading my Bible for a longer period of time, I noticed that. And I noticed a difference in my faith. Like I feel like my faith wavers so much more when I'm not hearing his truth constantly and daily in my mm-hmm. life. And so that's why we talk about it so much and push it because you know, we've experienced life not doing that and life doing it. And it makes such a big difference. And I saw you use the word gospel too. And I used to be so confused when I heard the word gospel. I know some of y'all out there are like, what, what do you mean? But hopefully there's some of y'all out there that feel the way I did, didn't know what that meant. The word gospel literally means good news. So this is the good news of Jesus and what he has done for us. Yeah. And that's literally all it means is good news. And I'm really glad you explained that. We're just having a dictionary lesson today. We're learning all sorts of words, disciple, sanctification, gospel. The next one's going to be. I will say we have talked about doing some episodes like specific to some of those bigger words and what the Bible says about those, because I feel like it's super important to truly know what they mean and dive deeper into them because you really do hear them in so many sermons and right in so much scripture you read. Yeah, I agree. Going back to the lady was just saying, you know, know God's word. And because it allows you to know truth versus non-truth, I think that's mm-hmm. the key too. When you are constantly in God's word, you know what it says and you yeah. recognize when somebody is sharing something out of context or they are sharing something with an improper motive of what that verse or that where it was placed in the Bible specifically. And I I don't remember where I heard this, but it stuck with me and I've never forgotten it. But 
uh, we're going to attach an article in the show notes, but federal agents don't learn to spot counterfeit money by studying the counterfeit money. Mm -hmm. They study genuine bills until they master the look of the real thing. And then when they see bogus money, they immediately recognize it because they're so familiar with the real thing that they can spot the the fake like that. Right. And so I think that that's how it should be for us with biblical truth and biblical knowledge. We should be so familiar with the real thing that when we hear something that is not our heart and our mind is like, no, that's not true. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Or just check it, check it in the Bible and look for yourself. But yeah, that just really stuck with me. And the thing is too, it's like for the longest time, I really did just like not bring my Bible and just listened and accepted whatever my pastor said is true. And the big thing with that to me is it stinks to say like you have to fact check even your pastors, you know, but we do. And the Bible does talk about false teachers a lot for a reason, you know. So, I mean, that it really is truly so important for us to know truth. And I, I think one of the biggest things for me and something my two friends that I discipled, one thing I told them was the more that you study scripture, the more you truly know the character of God, mm-hmm. too. And when you know the character of God so well, whenever questions come up that you're not sure about, it's like, you you know, his character so well, you're like, I know if he would approve of this or if he wouldn't, right. you know, exactly. it's, it, it's, there's not as much gray as we, we tend to think there is. Yeah. And, and speaking on the character of God, I just, it really bothers me when people are like, well, the old Testament doesn't matter because like, it only yeah. really matters when Jesus came and like. But my thing, like I've been, I've spent over a year now going through a really in-depth Bible study at our church, our local church that has gone chronologically and we're in the Old Testament, you know, Pentateuch and kingdom books and the post-exile and the major and minor prophets. And like, we're just learning all this amazing stuff. And I could, I mean, I have learned so much about the character of who God is richly from the old Testament that makes the new Testament so much sweeter, just so much sweeter. And, and, and the gospel and the story of a kinsman redeemer is threaded from Genesis all the way through revelation. And so it definitely helps you understand why we needed a savior. Exactly. I'm going to get off my soapbox though. I'm not going to preach. I agree. I'm going to get off my soapbox about, you know, studying the old Testament, but but I it do. is important. It Even is so really important. hard to do. <laughs> it is. But, but again, it's important. Discipleship, you know, that's why I think discipleship yeah. is key because you learn to gain confidence to study the Bible on your own. And I think that was the biggest thing for me. I was so intimidated about picking up the Bible and trying to figure out what God was saying. But then yeah. being in a D group or a discipleship group, it, just truly helped me and gave me the confidence for navigating and having that Bible literacy. Um, If anybody's a Jen Wilkin fan, (laughs) I am a hundred percent a Jen Wilkin fan. I've done her studies for over probably eight years back in the day when, um, before she even had a study published and just love her. And she has a book called women of the word. And mm-hmm. it talks so much about the importance of Bible literacy. And she mentions in there, like she used to pick up her Bible and like shake it like an eight ball, you know, and open yes. it up and like wherever it landed, like, oh God, I did you that. want me to go? I've done and sh- that. 
Yeah. Well, I think we all have, again, like trying to figure out how do we do this Lord, thing? Discipleship. Speak to me today. Boom, right. Open it up. <laughs> right. But reading, right. And reading her book and, you know, obviously like doing her Bible studies, like she definitely helps you feel more confident in I can go to any piece of the Bible and feel like I have a tool bag with different methods I can use to help dissect and dig in deeper to what God's word says. Yeah, and that's the whole, I totally that's, agree. that's the whole point as far as discipling somebody is you're trying to teach them how to be a follower. And part of that is learning how to dig through the Bible yourself with confidence. Yeah. And I, I think yeah. that was, that's a reason why I know I feel so passionate about it because I felt so dumb, truly. <laughs> I mean, I, I just, I would open up my Bible and I just literally did not know where to begin. And after being discipled and learning a method on, I can literally open up any piece of scripture and get something out of it now because of this. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I went 13 years of my life without this. I look at all this that I missed. And so now I'm like, shouting from the rooftop who wants to learn this we need right. to all know this right it's, I mean it's really genuinely changed my life yeah so yeah. same same and talking about like how do I live as a disciple of Jesus in 2023 I'm not going to say like we're going to give you some practical steps do a b and c but we do have some suggestions if your local church does a d group a d group is another word for a discipleship group i recommend signing up for that as soon as possible to get plugged into a group of fellow believers it's usually men with men and girls with girls yeah. um 3 to 5 group size and you usually meet once a week for a year sometimes once a week for a year and a half and it is just the best thing so if your church does that then i highly suggest like jumping on that as quickly as possible. Um, And if they don't, then think of some ladies in your local church who you look up to or you view as a Jesus role model and, you know, even approach them and and ask, would you consider discipling me? Um, Yeah. And I will say too, if there's any older women on here who are listening, or even if you're our age wanting to disciple someone younger than you, don't hesitate because you feel like you don't know enough because I don't feel like we ever really know enough, but whatever knowledge that you have that you can pass on to someone else is amazing. So if someone does approach you or you feel called to ask someone, just ask because you you never know what a difference that can make to someone. Yeah. I mean, I know I was very nervous to ask you, Yeah, but after I had been discipled for 18 months and it was now my turn to like lead a group and disciple others, um, you were the first person that I was like, I not only want to disciple my sister, I have to disciple my sister. Yeah, no, it was great. And I feel like when I started discipling two of my best friends, you know, after we discipled for a year and a half, yeah, I felt like there was so much that I didn't know. And I was very nervous about it, but I was just super honest with them. If there was something that came up that I was like, honestly, y'all, I have no idea. I'm going to call Tara and ask. And if she doesn't know, then I'm going to ask Jeremy. And if he doesn't know, like we're going to, we're going to find out together, you know, it's okay to do that. Like that's okay. And it worked out great for us. So yeah. 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 Well, first step, you know, join a D group if that's possible or find somebody that you feel is capable and, or somebody you would like to disciple you. You know, second thing would be to read your Bible. Um, I know in my D group, I was taught how to do a hear journal method, H E A R 
So here would, you know, highlight, explain, apply, and respond. And so that was kind of the method that I was taught that I really liked. And so that was the method that I passed on to my sister. We plan to do a future episode on how to have a quiet time using the Hear Journal method. If you're somebody that, you know, just is curious or you would just like, a you know, to know what that is or what that looks like. So we'll do a very abridged version of that. Um, But just remember, different seasons of your life may allow different times with the Lord. You may have a newborn baby. You may not be able to devote an hour of studying God's word and prayer, like when your kids are older or they're out of the house, or if you're getting sleep throughout the night. You know, God is sovereign over every second that you spend with him. He knows your heart. He knows your intentions and motivations while spending time with him. Just meditate on what you read that day. If you have five minutes in his word, then meditate in your in your heart all day and mind on what you read in just those five minutes. Yeah. So D group would be my first suggestion. Getting in your Bible would be my second suggestion. Kelsey, what would be the next thing on the checklist of how to be a disciple? Pray. Pray. And we just finished um, a whole episode on prayer. So if you haven't listened yeah. to that, please go back and listen to that episode. It basically describes this whole chunk on prayer, but prayer is super important. I know for me, um, prayer life is a reflection of your intimacy with Jesus. Just like breathing is essential for a human, prayer is essential for a disciple of Jesus. But yeah, so definitely reading your Bible, praying. And so now what? Right. And yeah, we'll we'll throw in some Bible verses at the bottom about prayer that just, again, just help encourage you on why it's important to pray. But I know I tell Jeremy all the time, I wish I had six more hours in every day so that I can get all the things done because I like to have, I like to feel productive and I like to have immediate results and prayer in my flesh sometimes feels unproductive because I sometimes never see the results that I desire. But you just have to realize prayer is hard work. It's a discipline, but no matter short, long, little, big prayers, God hears them and God desires to hear them. All right, so got a D group. We got reading your Bible. We've got praying. And then you ask the, the next question, what now? Well, yep. Matthew 28, 19 and 20, which I think is the last command that Jesus gave before he ascended into heaven. He said, go therefore, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. So we are called to be disciples of Jesus on our own. And then we are called to disciple our families and then our local church and neighbors and our friends and our coworkers and even to the nations. And, you know, going back to the word disciple, the disciple means to teach. How can we teach what we don't know? Exactly. I can't tell you how many times someone approached me with a question about the Bible and I was like, um... I don't know, Sunday school answer. And even I say that I really wasn't in Sunday school much growing up. So I don't really know those either. Um, So that's a true statement. I mean, it really is. But Jesus said, teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you. And can you know what he has commanded of you without first opening his word and meditating on it? No. Oh, and again, I did this. I did this. This was me. You know, going to church and have having someone lead you through scripture is great. But, you know, if they preach is truth. If you don't have a clue who wrote it, why they were writing it, I mean, context matters. And if if someone who isn't a Christian questions something in the Bible, 
Do you feel confident enough to answer it? And if not, don't you want to? When someone asks you, why do bad things happen to good people, which I have definitely had that question asked to me, do you feel like you can answer that by saying God is so good and we are not? Or do you feel like you can relate to that question? Right. Because like, studying's like yes. the American gospel. Uh, if y'all have never seen that documentary, it's solid. But yes. a, pastor, a pastor said that he's like, why do people say, why do bad things happen to good people? But they're asking the wrong question. It's why do good things happen to bad people? Yes. Like, oh my gosh. Ooh. Yes. So good. And, it, you know, studying scripture and speaking with God through prayer is how we get closer to him. And in reading the book he gave us, we learn exactly who he is. And when we know who he is, we don't question his character or his decisions with our lives because we know the God we serve has given us more than we deserve by allowing us to breathe. He has given us everything by giving his son to die so that we could be forgiven for all the mistakes that we make each and every day. Um, In our culture, we do see so much doubt. And if we aren't questioning things on our own, there are plenty of people openly questioning God's existence and goodness all around us. It's so easy to read something and start doubting if that's all you're seeing. If you choose to be a disciple of Christ and do what he has commanded, then you will be so full of God's truth that you will immediately recognize lies when you see them. It will strengthen your relationship with the Lord and you will disciple those around you without even noticing because it is at the forefront of everything you do and everything you are. So what does a disciple in 2023 look like? It looks like loving the Lord our God with all of our heart, soul, and mind and keeping his commands to teach others about who he is. That's right. We love our neighbor as ourselves, and we love them enough to teach them about who he is and who he wants us to be for him. But we are so thankful you guys are here with us today. And we could talk about this topic all day long, to be honest, because we are so passionate about it. But we are super excited about an upcoming episode that we are going to have with Dr. Mark Ganey, who is my previous pastor from our church in Birmingham on discipleship. And he wrote a book. And so we're going to talk all about his book and what it looks like in the church, what discipleship looks like in the church. So you guys keep an eye out for that. But we are so thankful for y'all being here today. And we pray that you are a disciple and that you go and make disciples. Yes. Thanks for listening, guys. Hey, y'all. Thanks for joining us today on the Sweet Tea and Jesus podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe to our podcast so you can continue along on this journey with us. Please leave us a five-star review on Apple so others can find our podcast and be encouraged by these gospel conversations too. Follow us on Instagram for upcoming content, news about our podcast, and more. Thank you so much for listening, and we are looking forward to you joining us on our next episode. See y'all next time.